Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 160 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Eventually, the weather breaks, the sun shines and all hell breaks loose. We've been out and about inspecting colonies, adding boxes and chasing swarms. short and sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's podcast. There can be nothing better for a beekeeper's mental health than to finally get out among the bees and enjoy some warm sunshine on your back as you casually work your way through a colony, checking out each perfectly drawn frame of fresh wax comb, watching the workers as they go about their business storing nectar and pollen, feeding young larvae, doing a bit of tidying up and chasing away intruders. Spotting the queen, marked with a bright blue spot from last year, and watching her lay a few eggs. Finally, lifting those supers back on after the inspection and having to call for help because they're so heavy and full of honey. Oh, hang on a second, a quick reality check here. What a week this has been. I guess this is the second week of full inspections really and whilst there are a few colonies that are performing admirably pretty much as I've just described there are many others in various states of I guess what I'd call semi-perfection to downright troublemakers but this is the world of beekeeping and this past week has shown no matter how much you try to maintain a semblance of control things can get away from you very quickly and through no real fault of your own really. There is balance to be found in our apiaries and as usual a variety of performances in mid-spring that you would expect to find. We have some very strong colonies that are packing away nectar and turning it into honey. A very rewarding feeling when you know you've worked hard to get the bees to this position over winter and into early spring. But also we have colonies that, while strong, have, despite our best efforts, have swarmed. Again, I go back to the fact that we have clipped wings on the vast majority of our queens, and so we haven't suffered undue losses, but the swarming is still problematic and needs dealing with. Thinking about this week's inspections, it's easy to think everything has swarmed. I had two days of intense inspections where each apiary seemed to have colonies that had swarmed and it felt somewhat overwhelming I have to say. But when you sit down after the event and think back to it it's then that you realise that in fact it was just one or two in an apiary of 15 or so colonies and it's not so bad after all. But swarming can be a troublesome issue particularly if you have your hive or hives at the bottom of your garden and you're relatively new to beekeeping. It can be quite a spectacle, thousands of bees taking to the air, swirling around just a few feet above your head, making enough noise to sound like a Chinook helicopter. This was the scene that we found this week when we arrived at the Meadow Apiary. Luckily for me, it's in the middle of the countryside and the swarm could have easily disappeared over the hedge without anyone being the wiser. This also happens to be close to the secret wood area that's carpeted with wild garlic. It looks and smells absolutely fantastic at the moment. 
It's a shame that the bees don't forage on it. Imagine wild garlic honey on your roast parsnips. Anyway, if you'd like to see what it looks like, check out my social media feeds. I'll post a picture there. Meanwhile, back to the swarming hive, it was too good an opportunity to miss really, so we set up the camera and recorded a video of how we deal with them. I had planned on carrying out a shook swarm procedure, but this was an opportunity not to be missed, so we postponed that video and concentrated on the colony that was attempting to swarm. I say attempting, as I think in this colony the queen was clipped, and soon enough the cloud of bees over our heads had returned back to the hive to await further instructions. You see, what happens is the bees earmarked for swarming leave the hive and gather in the air around the hive. This is the large noisy cloud that's otherwise harmless. They're waiting to follow the queen into a holding location such as a tree or a hedge before moving on to somewhere more permanent. When the queen is clipped she's unable to fly very far if at all and so usually ends up in the long grass of the apiary sometimes crawling back into the hive other times remaining in the grass. The swarming bees, thus confused, head back to the hive to see what's happened. And this may happen several times until they grow bored of the process or more likely the old queen goes missing. For the beekeeper this provides a window of opportunity where they can get into the hive, check to see what's going on, identify the bees have tried to swarm and resolve the situation as best they can. The usual outcome when inspecting after this event is no eggs in the parent colony, no queen visible, plenty of swarm cells, yet apparently lots of bees still in the hive. Now you have to decide what to do. If the queen really has gone, the opportunity exists to select just one well-formed queen cell and remove all the others. But this I find somewhat risky. What if the queen has somehow managed to crawl back into the hive and she's been missed during that inspection? It could result in another swarm attempt and this time the colony may have a virgin queen that can fly off over the hedge never to be seen again. My preferred option is to split them, something akin to an artificial swarm as we're making an assumption that the old queen has made it back into the hive but that we just can't find her. The process is just the same as for an artificial swarm and the video that we shot at the Meadow Apiary shows just this process. It's heading to my Patreon page as I speak, well almost, just as soon as we get it edited and all my swearing has been bleeped out. As it happens, the colony was in a Maysmore commercial polyhive so I was able to do the lifting by myself. If not, I would have had to have broken down the colony into its individual parts before moving it so the process, once again, is as follows. I moved the polyhive to another stand in the apiary and set up a new floor, brood box, frames of foundation and crime board at the site of the old hive. We left them like this for a while to let the flying bees start to head out to forage and then go back to the original hive location. This reduces the number of bees in the polyhive so we could have a really good look through for the queen, just in case. After a while and returning to the hive I still couldn't find the queen so I chose a frame of brood that had a nice plump queen cell on it and placed this in the new hive on the old stand. Again I always leave just one queen cell, never two or more, 
it just gives the bees another chance to swarm. This new hive then gets the super food that was on the original hive, so they have some food available. Remember, we've taken away all of their food stores and left them with just one frame from the original brood box, so they will need additional food to survive. Heading back to the poly hive, the original hive, I now work my way through and find another nice plump queen cell. This frame gets marked and all the other frames are shaken to remove the bees and all the queen cells get taken away. That leaves just the one queen cell in both boxes. All the flying bees will return to the original stand and populate it with bees. Thus, we have created a kind of artificial swarm, but without finding the queen. If, and it's a big if, but if the queen has somehow avoided detection and is still in the poly box, well, they may well swarm. If it happens, it just happens. It's beekeeping, I guess. The good news is they won't swarm with nearly as many bees as they would have originally and will keep a decent proportion of them for later in the season. It also gives us an increase that we can use or unite once we know we have a well-mated laying queen in both boxes. I know that a lot of beekeepers here in the UK have been experiencing swarming on an epic scale this week. Weather conditions have finally improved and our colonies are doing what they do best, reproducing. If you have collected a swarm for the first time, there are a few tips you should try to bear in mind post-collection to give the bees the very best chances of staying in their new home that you've provided for them. Firstly, we always advise not feeding for a couple of days after you install the swarm in its new hive. This allows the bees to use what food they've brought with them and reduce the risk of any disease in that food to be transmitted into the new hive. Here, I guess I'm particularly thinking of American fowl brood, where spores can easily be transported in honey. It's a very rare thing, but worth thinking about and taking precautions. Secondly, only provide them with foundation. Don't give them drawn comb of any sort from the original hive if they happen to be your bees and you know where they come from. The reason for this is that these bees are now programmed to produce wax, after that initial period of not feeding, we give them sugar syrup and these bees will produce wax super fast. If you give them a frame from the original hive, or any hive for that matter, in the hope that you're giving them some space for the queen to start laying eggs earlier, you may inadvertently give them a frame containing eggs or very young larvae and simply allow them to swarm again. They'll quickly take advantage and be off. This is different to them simply absconding. Another reason for disappointment for the beekeeper. You spend an age coaxing a swarm out of a tree and into a hive, only to go back a day or so later to find the hive completely empty. This is simply down to the bees not being satisfied with their new home. Nothing really that you can do about this except put it down to experience and move on. Just don't give the bees any excuse to misbehave and you'll end up with a super new colony, fresh new wax and lots of new brood to develop for a potential summer crop of honey, albeit a little on the small side. Moving on, the topic of spreading disease came up again this week when I hosted my monthly Coaching Plus Patreon Zoom gathering. I'll have to find another name for it so I can come up with a cool sounding acronym, but 
Anyway, we had a very pleasant and informative evening where I gave a brief talk about the more well-known and troublesome pests and diseases before opening it up to a questions and answers session which lasted in total nearly two hours. These are really good sessions and perfect for you if you're just getting started in beekeeping and would like some additional support and mentoring. Check out my website, Facebook group called Stuart's Beekeeping Basics or go direct to my Patreon page www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. Finally, an update on the top bar hive. As you may know, this is a little diversion away from my normal beekeeping and is just to allow me to discuss top bar hive beekeeping with some little amount of knowledge of what's involved rather than simply dismissing it without any personal experience. So far, it's been a lot of fun, but we're now approaching a tricky phase. What to do when they try to swarm? At the moment, we've had three consecutive weeks where they've thrown up queen cells. So this weekend, if there are more queen cells, I intend doing something about it. I have to say, I'm finding it difficult to spot the queen in this colony, and I think it may be down to my inability to hold and manoeuvre the top bars easily. I had a minor casualty last week when I inadvertently mishandled one of the top bars and allowed a chunk, I say chunk, it was a fairly large chunk of comb to break off. The good news is that it was for the most part sealed drone comb and I was able to call it drone brood removal as part of my Varroa control plan. I'm hoping that this week I may spot the queen and can have a bash at an artificial swarm with them in the top bar hive. So do look out for that video in the near future. Remember, a podcast subscription will get you the very latest tips and techniques from me each week as they're released. As things stand, it's going to cost you less than a couple of Starbucks coffees. And remember, that's drive-through prices. Head over to my Patreon page and sign up to my Podcast Plus tier for the very latest beekeeping chat and an occasional maths and English lesson too. Well, that's it for this week. I'll catch up with you all again next time. But for now, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was beekeeping short and sweet. Bye.